You may have heard that most people who are black have O blood type. O is commonly needed for emergencies. But did you know one in three of us is a match for patients with sickle cell disease? Regardless of blood type, every day our blood saves lives and eases the pain of those living with sickle cell. Donate blood at Red Cross to help us save a life. Black excellence is in our blood. Visit redcrossblood.org slash ourblood to make an appointment now. You know that I feel like it's important to express yourself. You got to put your true self out there. And those classic Crocs, clogs, and sandals let you do that. That's right. Between the rainbow of colors and the gibbets charms, you can create a unique look. And I mean, literally, no one else will have shoes exactly like yours. Hey, you know it doesn't get any more comfortable than the Croc clogs and sandals. They are just the perfect blend of comfort and creativity. Visit Crocs.com to explore the latest styles and gibbets charms. Money does not make you mature. Mm, That's a fact. And raising four black young men, I'm hypersensitive about the things that they're watching and exposed to Mm -hmm. and possibly overexposed to. So we have to put parenting on 100. All right? Dead ass. Dead ass. Hey, I'm Kadeen. And I'm DeVal. And we're the Ellis's. You may know us from posting funny videos with our boys. And reading each other publicly as a form of therapy. Wait, I make you need therapy? Most days. Wow. (laughs) Oh, and one more important thing to mention. We're married. Yes, sir, we Mm -hmm. are. We created this podcast to open dialogue about some of life's most taboo topics. Things most folks don't want to talk about. Through the lens of a millennial married couple. Deadass is a term that we say every day. So when we say deadass, we're actually saying facts. 100. The truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. <laughs> we about to take Pillow Talk to a whole new level. Dead ass starts right now. So as you guys know, I played in the NFL for four years. Mm-hmm. During that time, I met a lot of interesting characters. Um, being in an NFL locker room is very different. Mm. Um, during the time when I was there, I happened to play with a lot of men who made a lot of money because the Detroit Lions were always drafting extremely high because they lost a lot. Mm -hmm. So you're in the locker room with a ton of first-round draft picks. And during that time, I remember seeing a lot of young men who after doing two to three years in college, I say two to three years because if you redshirt and then you do two years or you play three years straight as a freshman, Mm -hmm. you're really only 21. Mm -hmm. And you're signing deals upwards of... $20 $20 million guaranteed Oof. as a top 10 draft pick mm-hmm. in the NFL. Mm-hmm. And I watched a lot of young men do some destructive things during that time. And I just watched all of the chatter of so many people. Like, why would he do that? He's making money. How do we do that? Making money. And it made me realize it doesn't matter if you give an immature 21, 22-year-old a dollar mm-hmm. or a million dollars. They going to do something fucked up with it. <laughs> <laughs> That's a fact. And I that watched it fact. firsthand. Mm. I don't know what they mm. want from mm. me. It's like the more money we come across, the, the more, more problems, problems we, we see. see. Now. What's the next part? Who hot? 
Oh, oh, that's I'm thinking. I'm thinking Diddy's part. My bad. Who hot? Who not? Tell <laughs> me who hot? Who, who sell out in the stores? stores? You tell me who flop? Who cop the blue drop? Who jewels got right? Who, who mostly knows it down? Same dot, same, same old pimp. Mace, you know ain't nothing change with my lip. Can't stop till you see my name on the blip. Guarantee you be yourself. Pull it double up. Boom, we leaving Harlem world. Double up. We don't play around. It's that lay it down. Didn't know me '91. Didn't know me now. I'm the young Harlem nigga with the golden down. Can't no PhD nigga hold me down. Scoop me to the game now. I'm gonna do this. <laughs> stay up, stay home. Blow like who that? True pimp nigga from the door on the booty. booty. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Shout out. Oh, Hall of World, Mace, Diddy. You Rest can, in we, peace, Notorious like B.I.G. Sometimes we be aging ourselves. Like, we do, because I don't man, even remember the words listen, no more. That's a fact. You know, we got a brush. It's not like riding a bike like they said it would be. Yes. Remember these song lyrics. <laughs> All right. We're talking about what makes a mature man. And I don't know the least. You have to tell us the vow. Let's pay some bills and come back and we'll Facts. talk. We'll talk some current event stuff. There's power in every purchase because every time we buy a black lead brand, we make room for another black lead brand. And y'all know I love my lip bar products. That's just one. To name a few. There is a whole collection of black lead products that fit into your daily routine. Show black founders some love, not just during Black History Month, but all year long. That's right, y'all. Black founders and the products they bring to the table are creating a whole new world of choices at Walmart. That's right. Go to walmart.com slash black and unlimited to discover all the amazing black owned products you can add to your daily routine. Hey, what's good, y'all? I think it's important for you to understand why black representation in media is important. It's important because the media represents how people view us, and it's important that they understand that black people are not a monolithic people. That is a fact. And the next generation of influential black voices can be found on NPR's new collection, Black Stories, Black Truth. Black Stories, Black Truth is a celebration of blackness from NPR. Each of NPR's black voices are as distinct varied, and nuanced as the Black experience itself. Every episode is a living account about what it means to be Black today, told from a unique Black perspective. From Bobby Shmurda to The Wire, Michelle Obama to reparations, there's no limit to the range of Black stories, Black truths. Black perspectives haven't always been centered in the telling of America's story. Now, they are the story. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the Black experience. Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths from NPR wherever you get your podcasts. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Listen, y'all, losing two loved ones in a matter of six months, it can be a lot. And a lot of times when you're dealing with grief, you have a lot to get off your chest with your family. That's absolutely right. You know, people carry around all different types of stresses, big and small. When you keep them bottled up, it can start to affect you negatively. And therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to kind of figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash deadass today to get 10% off your first visit. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash deadass. You may be aware that most people who are black have O blood type. 
O is commonly needed for emergencies and life-saving measures. But did you know one in three of us is a match for patients with sickle cell disease? You, along with the American Red Cross, regardless of your blood type, can help by donating blood. Every day, our blood saves lives and eases the pain for those living with sickle cell. When you donate blood, there is a direct positive impact within our community. Right now, there is great need for blood donations in the African-American community. Every donation counts and makes a difference in someone's life. Donate blood at Red Cross to help save a life. Black excellence is in our blood. Visit redcrossblood.org slash ourblood to make an appointment now. All right, we're back. Yes. Story time. Well, you're talking about the characters that you met in the NFL. And particularly yes. this episode, we will be um, talking about the John Morant situation going on. And yes. that's been in the news lately about some of the... Uh, some saying immature decisions that he's been making mm -hmm. and what we're thinking is behind the, this is driving force behind those types of decisions just in general. So you can speak to this as a male, as an athlete formerly yes. um, and me particularly chiming in as a mom raising four boys, right? There's a lot to unpack here, right? And the first thing I want to unpack is this idea that John Morant, because he went to a private school and grew up with both his parents, mm -hmm. A lot of people question his blackness. Mm. Remember we talked about this? Like your blackness has to be associated with struggle because uh -huh. if you didn't struggle at a certain part in life, then you're not really that right. black. How, or, how authentic is your story really? Right. Or you're not, no you're not hood if you didn't grow up uh, mm -hmm. in a, a different type of environment. Now, here's the truth, right? Mm -hmm. Being in the streets and proximity to the streets is two different things, mm -hmm. right? From what we know, I don't know much about John Moran's life. I don't. I know mm -hmm. he grew up with both of his parents. His dad is clearly in his life because he's at every game. Mm -hmm. um, they said he went to private school. Let me tell you something about going to private school. When I was at Poly Prep, when I retired from the NFL, I coached at Poly Prep for two years. Mm -hmm. I watched as they recruited young kids from the inner cities to go to Poly Prep, but they didn't live around poly prep. Mm. And the reason why I say that is because all these people who are saying, oh, he went to private school, he not hood. Right. Understand this. Mm -hmm. Every year at poly prep, we recruited five elite athletes who were on scholarship. Poly prep was a $40,000 a year school. Mm -hmm. And a part of going to this school and playing football for this school was that they were going to pay. Yeah. Right? Because your parents couldn't afford to give you a better opportunity. So they were busting them into Diker Heights. Pretty, pretty much, much bu busting them into Diker Heights. But they did not live in Diker Heights. Yeah, and nope. a lot of these young men were not from Diker Heights. Mm -hmm. So this idea that since you go to a private school, your life wasn't rough is just a facade. It's fake. And people are just talking out their ass. Mm -hmm. That's number one. Number two, the idea that you live in a private house means that you can't be street. Mm -hmm. Another fake, another facade. Mm -hmm. Because I grew up in Canarsie. Mm -hmm. The Floss, mm -hmm. right? Pop Smoke grew up in Canarsie mm -hmm. in The Floss. I grew up with both my parents, right? Mm -hmm. I still had to go from Canarsie all the way to Marine Park to go to school, which means I had to get on that school bus mm -hmm. and I had to travel on that, not school, I had to go on a city bus and I had to travel on the B82, mm. 45 minutes every morning by myself. And I was doing that from the time I was 13 years old. Mm. My brother went to Roy H. Mann. He's been traveling on the bus on his own since he was 10 years old. Mm -hmm. The things you learn on that bus ride have nothing to do with where you reside at night. Mm -hmm. The things you do during the day and where you frequent have nothing to do with where you reside at night. The idea that because John Morant grew up in a private house and went to a private school and can't be street is a facade. Mm. Lastly, the idea that you grew up with both your parents mm. means that you cannot be hood is a facade. Mm -hmm. I grew up with both my parents. I know plenty of people who grew up with both their parents. You know what both their parents did all day? Work. Work. Yep. And you know where them kids were? In the streets. In the streets. Yep. 
in the streets and it wasn't Raising because themselves. yes and it wasn't because their parents weren't good people mm-hmm. it wasn't because their parents weren't giving them a good opportunity mm-hmm. but if you grow up like I grew up in Brooklyn mm-hmm. yeah you may grow up in a private house with both your parents in Brooklyn but from 8 o'clock in the morning mm-hmm. till 6 p.m. sometimes 7 p.m. if your parents worked like my parents yep, you were on your own devices. and my parents told me you come straight from home. You you in school. You come straight from school. You go inside. You go home. Mm-hmm. You know what I did? Went straight from school to the street. <laughs> I was with my peoples. I was with my boys. We was right. playing. I was outside. I was doing all Delaying sorts of things. Delaying getting home by any means necessary. Absolutely. Oh, the bus ran late. Oh, this, that, and the third. And we grew Been up there. during a time when there were no cell phones and there was no social media. Mm-hmm. There was no technology to track you. Mm-hmm. So this idea that John Morant, because of all these things we know about his life, mm-hmm. can't be street, mm-hmm. is fake. It's not, that's not real. There are plenty of people who grew up in that type of environment who have a lot more street sense and savvy than other people who you proclaim grew up in certain areas. For example, I have a homegirl, grew up in the projects, never been outside. You want to know why? Hmm. Her single mom told her black ass she could not go outside. <laughs> and this, this young lady, I don't want to say her name, is probably one of the most sheltered people. Mm-hmm. And she grew up in the projects because her mom made a choice to keep her away from all the elements outside of her. Uh And if you would look at her and you look at the way I grew up, I was in the street made way more than her. I grew up in the church in a dual family, dual parent household in a private home Mm -hmm. with every opportunity to be successful. And I was still in the street because I was just. Yeah, what is the desire to have that street, um, to be in the mix? Is it just something growing up you feel like you're missing something? Because I, you know me, I grew up also very sheltered. Yeah, you sheltered. grew up very sheltered. Like, I'm not going past my front gate, go to school, get picked up, dropped mm-hmm. off. Like, there was no room for me really right. to be, you know, go astray. Right. So what is the desire to be in the street? I don't, I don't think it's a desire. I think it's like, what else are you going to do? Mm. You're, you know, you want to spend time with your friends. Mm-hmm. As a child, what is more important than you than your friends? Nothing. Right. Nothing is more important. If all of my friends are outside, mm-hmm. then I'm going outside. Mm-hmm. And my parents gave my brother and I, and my sister as well, enough latitude to navigate the streets on our own. Mm-hmm. So I learned how to use tokens. This is before MetroCard. I learned how to use oh tokens and travel tokens. on the train and the bus yes. from the time I was very, very young. Yes. My Aunt Debbie used to take me and my cousin Devon on the train from as young as five and six years old. Mm-hmm. And when I got old enough to travel on my own, which is, I, people say times are different now, but they really aren't that different. Mm-hmm. I was traveling on the city bus from 10. Double right. digits was like, okay. Mm-hmm. Double digits, you can travel on your own. You know how to get here. You know how to read the map. Mm-hmm. So my environment in my house were two different things. Mm -hmm. My house and where I lived was one thing, but my environment and where I grew up Mm -hmm. was in Flatbush. Mm -hmm. Between church, I I grew up between the streets of church and I would say Kings Highway. Okay. That whole area between Nazareth Regional High School, Mm -hmm. Erasmus High School, Salem Missionary Baptist Church, Tennis Court. Mm -hmm. That was all of my neighborhood. That's why I spent most of my time. See, and my mother would have never. Right. And now at that point, I was living in Canarsie, which was known to be the private houses in Canarsie. So that's right. where, you know, your hardworking middle class, right. you know, Brooklynites would be. Um, but then what about this conflict that you've mentioned recently mm. with wanting to, first off, we've moved our children from there. Yes. And now we're, you know, in the suburbs of Atlanta. Mm. But then also wanting your kids to have that street edge. So, like, why is that still a thing that you need to have, particularly as a male? 
It's a good question. To me, it wasn't so much about street edge. It was more about awareness. I want I want my sons to know how to navigate the world. Okay. I learned how to navigate the world through the street. Mm-hmm. Imagine being 10 years old and you get lost on the subway. Mm-hmm. You know, imagine being 10 years old and you lose your wallet. You have no money, but you have to get home. Okay. You find ways. You know, you learn, you learn how to maneuver and pivot. And you learn how not to be scared because you've dealt with so much at a young age. Mm-hmm. I don't want to coddle my sons so much that when they get out in the world and I'm not there for the first time, they right. don't know how to move. Walking around looking like a target, right? Yes, yeah, yes. That kind of sense, yeah. And when I think about the whole John Morant situation, here's another aspect that people don't think about. Mm-hmm. I grew up in Brooklyn. I have fr- tons of friends who do not live the same type of life I live. And when I mean life, I'm talking about the legal life that I live. Mm -hmm. They have a different type of life. Mm -hmm. And when you're 22 and you have that group of friends that's still around you, and now you're the one that's in the spotlight, Mm -hmm. those behaviors that you, you practiced when you were in high school and early college, those don't stop just because you're making millions of dollars. You know what happens? There's just now a greater spotlight on you. Mm. So when people are saying, how come he, you know, he's worth $100 million, why don't he make better decisions? I think we need to give this young man grace to learn how to make better decisions mm-hmm. because he's learning how to do it in real time mm-hmm. with a lot of people watching him. Now, that doesn't excuse his behavior, right? For example, going on live with a pistol, right? People are saying allegedly, but it was him showing a pistol on his live. Him getting into physical altercations with kids or, or quote unquote pulling out pistols allegedly. Mm-hmm. The only reason why I say I can say allegedly is because I wasn't there mm-hmm. and there's no proof. And I think it's an open case or whatever. So I, I don't okay. want to say this would happen. Right. But what I'm saying is, is these situations and stuff like this happen all the time. Mm-hmm. And we don't have any like the outside world doesn't see these things happening. Mm-hmm. But when you have someone who's worth $100 million and the spotlight is always on him and he makes the same decisions he's been making his whole life and has been successful making these decisions, you can't automatically say now, well, why don't you stop this behavior? You're worth $100 million. He has to learn that. Mm-hmm. And sometimes learning that comes with consequences, mm-hmm. which means like now he gets in trouble, gets suspended from the team for two days, has to go work on some things with his mental health. Like, that's learning during the process. Mm. I just want us as people to give him grace and don't write him off as just another stupid athlete or make fun of the fact that, well, he grew up with both his parents. Why is he trying to act tough? So essentially, he's making mistakes that all 21-year-old makes, 21-year-olds make, but he's A on the spotlight and B has the money. Okay, we went to college together. Uh-huh. You've seen the decisions some of my friends oh, made absolutely. in college. absolutely, with a lot. Less to lose. You know what I'm saying? Right. Or more in some situations because it's like, man, this is my only chance to get out. I'm on scholarship. If I mess this up, and we've seen so many cases like that. Okay, we've seen it. But also, where are the people who are walking him through, for example, the high school process, the draft process? Like, when that essentially is over and now he's a quote-unquote grown man mm-hmm. making his own money, making male decisions. Does he still have that team of people who are there to support him and make sure that he's on the straight and narrow or, or mm-hmm. did they just, just kind of drop off once he makes that? Because they have handlers and people who see them through this entire process. Yes. And then is it that he's left to his own devices once? I'm saying he no, as in job, no. but like the athlete. I'm glad you asked that question because this is part of being an athlete that, or even a young entertainer that people don't see. When you're a prodigy, right, Mm -hmm. and you're the person everyone expects is going to be the one to make it out, right? Mm -hmm. When you're making poor decisions throughout your your 
pre-adolescent years, then your adolescent years, then in high school, when you're making these poor decisions, a lot of times you get coddled Mm -hmm. and people cover up for you. Mm -hmm. So you really don't learn and understand consequences Mm -hmm. because you make a poor decision or or you you do something dumb and then someone else out of nowhere comes up, we got to protect so-and-so, let's let's sweep this under the rug, let's make this okay. So now that person is learning that, oh, I can pretty much do what mm-hmm. I want or it's not that big of a deal mm-hmm. if they made it go away it's not that big of a deal right. so what they do repeat the behavior and then the higher you get in that level like they'll cover for you in junior high school oh but now you're being recruited to go to one of the top high schools Yeah. oh now they're going to cover for you in the high school especially if you go to one of these private schools right. a lot of times they will cover for and, and I'm not just talking about athletes uh-huh. I worked at Poly Prep right. if you have someone who's generating re generating resources and bringing funds to a school for everybody they're going to cover for you mm-hmm. case in point at poly prep i worked with some entertainers who are world renowned their children mm-hmm. their children were on the football team right and i watched those young men who were not black who came say. from affluent families uh-huh. who came from generations of money Talk make poor it. decisions Talk about and you know it. what happened when they made poor decisions slept under the rug someone covered for them slept under had the nothing rug. to do with being black mm-hmm. these people were white Mm-hmm. And rich, and mm-hmm. they covered for them, but the school covered because their parents bring in me resources. That's a fact. Right? Can't so be a liability when you're an athlete, and they're paying for your your tuition to go to these schools. But also, the boosters are generating, we're bringing money to the program and to the school. The school is going to cover for you. Oh yeah. So when you had make a poor decision in high school, and mm-hmm. they cover for you, mm-hmm. then you get to college, and you're the elite athlete in college, and you make mm-hmm. another poor decision, and now they cover for you because so many other people outside of you are invested in your success mm-hmm. because your success means they gain access to resources and funds. It's easy to understand how a young person can then become an adult. Mm-hmm. And now there's no one here to buffer for you because you're an adult and you have a phone mm-hmm. and you're doing the same things you did, but now the whole world is condemning you. At, and people think 23 is grown. 23 is a baby. Baby. A, a Baby. Baby. You making poor decisions. Now everyone's like, oh, he got to do better. Where's his dad? Where's this person? It's a process. Let this young man go through the process and learn. And that does not excuse his behavior because his behavior, if he's he's done what they're saying he did, Mm -hmm. is inexcusable. For sure. It's funny you you say 23 is still a baby, which of course we know that. Think about us at 23. We thought we had everything figured out. Mm-hmm. Okay. And you've said it before. In your mm-hmm. 20s, you think you know everything. Oh, well, the same is. How does is, it go? From 15 to 20, mm-hmm. you think you know everything. Right. From 20 to 25, you know. You know everything. Mm-hmm. From 25 to 30, you start to realize, like, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> With the trembling voice. I didn't know shit. <laughs> and then you spend all of your 30s trying to fix all of the mistakes you made. I say that about myself all the time. Yeah. Like, I look back at some of the stuff I did in my, my 20s, and I'm like, dang, I, I did that? I thought like right? that? When we look at people who are 20-something-year-old now, we're just like, y'all trying to do what? Like, how did we? I know that's how our family was looking at us. Like, y'all are crazy. Like, couldn't you trying to move all the way to Detroit to follow your man? And, and you're 22 yeah. years old? Like, girl, what are you doing? But it's funny because a study commissioned by Nickelodeon UK mm-hmm. found that men don't reach maturity until 43. <laughs> I mean, do you think that's accurate or not? I mean, I mean, of I could be a little immature. Case. I could be a little immature at times. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, um, all in the fun. But I mean, you know, that's case yeah. by case because you you did have a certain level of maturity though with a lot of other things. Yes, early in your twenties than you did. But I guess this was like. But I think 
I think maturity is, is relative. Uh-huh. And I think maturity and uh, awareness mm-hmm. are two different things. Hmm. I think like I was a little, I was a little aware of certain things because of how I had to live my life because I pretty much, and I don't want to say raise myself because my parents were there, mm-hmm. but being eight and having to get your brother and bring him home and help him with his schoolwork and do all this other stuff kind of grew me up fast. Mm. Traveling on my own from yeah. 10 and doing all this other stuff grew me up fast. So so maybe it's also too not necessarily awareness versus maturity, but at a certain age, you realize that you're not as invincible as you thought you were. Yes. You know, like some things you think are not a big deal in your 20s. People looking at it in their 30s and 40s would be like, yeah, nigga, that's a big deal. Like, right. you need to chill right. chill out. You know what I'm saying? Um, they're saying that typically women mature around 32. Interesting. Okay. And when talking about maturity, the science is based on how the brain matures. Female brains tend to identify from being the moment she was a girl. However, it's not until a male begins to produce testosterone that their brains are distinguishable from females. Mm. Interesting. As puberty starts female brain jumps to at least two years older than their physical age, whereas males, however, usually take until their late teen years or even early 20s to match their female peers' mental age. Interesting. It kind of goes in line with all the older guys that be at the high schools trying to get the same girls. You know what I'm saying? Right, It's right. like all them girls in high school think the high school boys are so immature. Right, right. So they want to date the older, the older guy guys, who's grown. right. But but now we call those guys pedophiles. But That's I fact. remember growing up and that was right. that was the thing. All of the, the girls. Mentality. When is he gonna grow up? Yeah. When is he gonna grow up? You know, that but, um, feeling there. Mat- maturity but maturity and wisdom comes with experience and also stepping in it sometimes. For sure. I'll give and you, making mistakes. Making mistakes. I'll give you an example, right? You know how much I love black women, right? Mm-hmm. My 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 mom is black. My aunts, my, my grandmother's black. Like they all black. I love black women. I've yes. been supported, right? By black women my whole life. But I remember doing an interview with Madame Noir. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to create a dialogue mm-hmm. about what about what people think. Mm-hmm. So it was called Ask a Black Man. They asked me I to do that. Ask a Black Man. Yes. And they asked the question, what's the first thing you think of when someone says a black woman, right? Mm-hmm. And my first response is, man, oh, people always say black women are angry. Mm-hmm. That's not what I thought. But right. that's the first thing when people say, oh, black woman. So I said, oh, angry. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking this is going to create dialogue. Mm-hmm. About how people view black women as angry. Mm-hmm. And then the comments, people were upset, like, oh, you think black women are angry? And I said, I never said I thought it. The question was framed to me mm-hmm. as what's the first, what's the first thing people think of when when you say black women? Mm-hmm. And I was like, angry. Let's talk about why people think that. Because right. I wanted to have a, a conversation about how black women had to try to find a way to thrive for themselves. And mm-hmm. I was 26 I was at the ask time. How, how old were you at the time? I was because 26. Because now would have never answered that, I don't think. Because of experience. Knowing, right. And that's my and whole point. And reading the room, right? You can't just say you that. You can't just say that. Because what they're going to do is take that clip of you saying angry and then it goes viral and, and that's then what? exactly what happened. Cancel the vow, y'all. And, and, but he said black women's angry. But, and that's my point, though, mm-hmm. was that experience taught me how mm-hmm. to, and it's, you know, it's a buffer. Pe- people call it media training. It's mm-hmm. not media training. It's mm-hmm. experience of how to answer questions mm-hmm. or how to add context to whatever you want to say so that people can understand what you're com- where you're coming from. Mm-hmm. But what my point is, is that that took time. Mm-hmm. I'm 38 years old now and I, I would answer that completely differently. For sure. But in that time, I was in my mood, like I'm getting ready to defend why black people, why women think black mm-hmm. people are angry and they took it as devout things black women are angry. Right. And when I look back on it, I can't even be mad at them. For receiving be- it that way. Because when I look back at it, I'm like, that's what it seems like. Mm-hmm. I said, Mm -hmm. but then you would have to watch the whole episode to understand where I'm coming from. But then even in that, 
It's like, Devout, why would you even answer that like that? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But it took me time. You know what I'm saying? And that's what I'm trying to, to get people to understand with this situation is that he is going to need time to learn how to deal with everything that's coming at him. Mm-hmm. Right? Like everybody mm-hmm. isn't going to be LeBron James and go through the NBA unscathed mm-hmm. by any scandals. Mm-hmm. Like, first of all, the fact that LeBron James has gone through the entire his entire NBA career during the social media era with all the scrutiny unscathed is a uh, kudos Epic. to him. Yeah. Right? But also it says a lot about how he grew up. Because mm-hmm. his he had a single mom. Mm-hmm. He was in the streets a lot. Mm-hmm. And he had to learn Mm-hmm. on his own mm-hmm. and maybe that's the reason why he has a lot more wisdom when it comes to doing certain things because he did it on his own if John ja grew up in a in a, a little town where he was coddled by his parents mm-hmm. and then went to a private school that may be a reason why mm-hmm. he doesn't understand mm-hmm. how his behavior is being perceived so negatively by people and yes it is being perceived negatively by people for a reason yeah but he has to understand that so think about accountability partners, right? LeBron, LeBron for example, had Savannah that mm-hmm. he grew up with literally since they were mm-hmm. babies. You and I have each other who yes. we've literally grown up since we were babies together. Do you think it helps to have somebody if it's not a partner, but just someone who's that accountability partner that might be that person on your shoulder like, mm, don't do that because, nah. you know, because you said you feel like you've been a lot nah. more successful Having, for for example, a woman by your side who has nah. helped to keep you afloat. Do you think that that no. is something that would benefit from other people? No. Okay. I think you got to be your own accountability partner and be aware. Mm-hmm. Because this is what happens when you have accountability partner. If your accountability partner misses something, now you have somebody to blame. Well, you're supposed to be the one to check me on that. Mm. No. You have to go through stuff in life. And here's the, here's the sad truth. Sometimes you got to hit rock bottom. Yeah. Right? For example, the, the thing with me and the interview. After people were saying, oh, DeVal don't like black women and he hates black women because of that statement, I had to really reflect and be like, I, I answered that so wrong. Mm-hmm. But it took me having to deal with that. Mm-hmm. If I had an accountability or, or someone else who was on my shoulder who was just like, DeVal don't say that because they're going to take it like this. And I just listened. That would work until that person is no longer, no longer there. there. Yeah. I had to learn and go through that on my own. Realize mm-hmm. how you hurt people. Mm-hmm. Realize how what you say and what you do it's not always what you mean, mm-hmm. but how people perceive it and how, how they take it, it matters. Yeah. yeah, And sometimes it takes you going through that mm-hmm. to realize it. So I don't believe in the accountability partner thing when it comes to being responsible for yourself. Mm-hmm. You have to deal with it, go through the fire. Mm-hmm. Like he's going through the fire now. Yes. And I, I guarantee you, because if you actually listen to John Morant speak, he's a very intelligent person, mm-hmm. right? Um, he may not be the most eloquent or articulate at times because, once again, he's still very, very young. Yeah. But he's not right. stupid. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? You can tell he's not stupid because he ain't coming around here talking about, I don't give a fuck. I don't care. Not, he's not. Mm-hmm. He's taking his time. You know what I'm saying? He's being patient with it. But I'm telling you, if he goes back and watch some of the things he's done over the last couple of years, and then he's going to be like, you know what? I could do this better. Mm-hmm. I, could, I could handle this level of uh, professionalism and celebrity better. And I, and that's what I want to implore people to do with him, but also if you have children. Mm-hmm. And this is where I want to talk to you a little bit because mm-hmm. you and I have dealt with this with Jackson. Mm-hmm. I want to implore people to let their children make mistakes young when the stakes aren't as high. Yeah, that's the philosophy that you've taken on because for me, naturally mm-hmm. being mom, you know, I want mm-hmm. to see him about to fall. I want to catch him. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to mm-hmm. make sure that they try to get through most of their life unscathed, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I've learned with each son, 
progressively in this vanilla learning process to allow them the space mm-hmm. to have some mistakes. For mm-hmm. example, Jackson, right? And we can use Jackson as an example most of the times because he's our oldest and we've gone through the most with him. Mm-hmm. And how I would have handled differently this one scenario in the past. Jackson has a virtual class that he has to do online, right? Virtual mm-hmm. math class in order for him to advance because um, he's so far ahead with math. So we have a meeting with the teacher on FaceTime, set him up for everything, make sure that he has everything to set him up for success with mm-hmm. this particular course. Now, what it's requiring him to do is to do work outside of the school setting because he could have had the option to go to attend a class in person right, during the summer. Right, right. But who wants to go to summer school, right? right. I'm, not subject, I'm not subjecting my kid to that. <laughs> I'm not subjecting me to that. <laughs> I'll mm-hmm. put it that way, okay? I'm not sticking around for you to take a math class in the summer. We're going to do it virtually because why? I'm also trying to teach time management skills. Mm-hmm. Old Kadeen, after this meeting with his teacher, would have been like a hawk, right? Jackson, did you do? Jackson, is, is this date, this assignment's due? Jackson, did you finish? Um, did you talk to your teacher? And I would have been side emailing the teacher like, hey, right. has Jack- where's Jackson in the process with this? That's Kadeen a couple years ago. Kadeen now in trying to teach accountability and trying to teach time management and trying to teach a lesson overall. Mm-hmm. Here are all the t- tools you have <laughs> to be successful with this course. Every now and again. Hey, Jax, you know, how's the virtual math class going? It's good, good. It's good. It's good. Good. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's good. It's good. It's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Good. Are you all caught up? Everything is good? You yeah, yeah, yeah. You need yeah, any yeah, extra yeah. help? Yeah. Yeah, Dad, yeah, we, we good. We good, yeah. Mom. Gosh, gosh, Mom, we good. Yeah. Good. Yeah, right. I know. Oh, you know, if you have problems and stuff, you know, you can hit Roger. I don't have any problems. I'm going to Got you. I know you have a free day Sunday. You know, you want to maybe put in an hour or two. No, because I don't need to do that. I got all my stuff. My oh. gosh, I got it. I got it. I got it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Fast forward to when the first module is supposed to be over and the teacher sends an email with me CC'd on it. Hey, just wanted to touch base because, you know, at the end of the module is coming near and out of the 10 assignments, Jackson has only completed two mm. of the 10. Mm. Then she called me as a follow up to the email. Don't have no teacher calling my phone. <laughs> That's that is that is your rule. Don't she have can hit no the teacher email box calling my phone. But don't be calling and texting me, sis. Because now, why I'm looking at my son sideways? Mm-hmm. Because in me trying to be hands off to teach him a lesson, ultimately it taught him the lesson. Mm-hmm. So now Deval and I are having the conversation. Well, Deval does like a side a side convo with him, like, "Yo, what's going on with your math class?" I was very simple. I said, yo, what's going on with your math class? And he goes, huh? Anytime you ask a kid a direct question and look them in the eye and they're looking at you and their first response is, huh? Mm-hmm. That means they already know that they fucked up. Mm-hmm. I said, what's going on with your math? He first says to me, I didn't understand it. Mm-hmm. Jackson, um, I don't want to hear that <laughs> because I've heard your mom yep. ask you yep. many times if you needed help and stuff and you dismissed her. I got it, I got it, I got it, I got it. Mm-hmm. And now that part. his eyes are welling up. So I'm like, what's the matter? What's the matter? I'm just upset because my math grade What's your, what's your math? I don't know yet, but I, I missed some assignments. Cool. You're supposed to go to the city championship game for Cardinal Hayes with Jay on Sunday, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. It's Friday. If all of those assignments aren't made up, can't go, bro. Like, I'm not I'm not upset at you. Mm-hmm. I'm, you're going to make mistakes or make poor decisions, so I'm not angry. Your, your mother is not angry. Mm-hmm. But there are also consequences for not doing what you're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. So you're going to have to find time to make these assignments up before Sunday. 
He's mm-hmm. huffing and puffing, huffing and puffing. Hey, you can huff and puff all you want, but these are the consequences. Yeah. I'm not mad. If you want to go watch TV, we could also go watch TV. If you want to play, we could do that, but you have to decide. This young man on Saturday night, no, it's Friday night, sits down with me, Dad, can we go over these two? All right. We went over the two, set a scheduled appointment with his tutor, Roger, and got mm-hmm. six assignments done Yep. the next day. Yep. Early in the morning, he woke up early on a Saturday mm-hmm. when he had a long four-day weekend and mm-hmm. got all the assignments done early in the day on Saturday and then finished the last one Saturday night. Mm-hmm. The point of the story is when you allow kids to fail when the stakes aren't as high, mm-hmm. they learn how to lesson. maneuver and navigate mm-hmm. because this same kid, if you'd always been on his back and I made sure the work gets done and mm-hmm. you do this and do that because I've seen it happen in college. Now you're a freshman in college. Mm-hmm. And now it's time for eligibility going into sophomore year. Mm-hmm. And you have a 0.6 GPA because you didn't do any assignments. Maybe. And the only reason why I'm telling this story is because Marcus tells the story all the time. Mm-hmm. I watched Marcus Coast. Oh, was that Marcus? That story? was Marcus. Marcus oh, had a 0.6 GPA going into his sophomore wow. year and almost no missed camp because yeah. he had to take 16 credits in the summertime. Oh my goodness. I had no idea. But since he had to take 16 credits in the summertime, mm-hmm. he was out of shape because he couldn't do summer conditioning. Mm. We get back to camp. What happened? Marcus gets hurt because his body's out of shape. So his sophomore year was what? Trash. Mm. And it all started because he didn't do what he had to do academically his freshman year and tried yeah. to play catch up. Yeah. Moral of the story, teach your kids how to deal with consequences when the stakes aren't as high so mm-hmm. that when the stakes become high, they don't have to deal with the consequences. For sure. You'd rather you'd rather get a call from a teacher in middle school yes. than get a call from your child when the dean says he can no longer come to school because Maybe. he's behaved poorly. Or when you see him on an ESPN ticker and he's been kicked out of the league because That's he's making poor decisions. You'd rather get them conversations when they're in middle school. And I explain that to the teacher as well, too, mm-hmm. because I'm also very hyper aware of the fact that my son is a black child. She knows that we're <laughs> black because we was on FaceTime together. Right. Yes. And I never want her to feel like, oh, it's just another like black kid that's just not doing not what being he's supported. supposed to mm-hmm. do. Not being supported by his family. Talk left about to it. his own devices. So I was very clear and eloquently expressed to the teacher that. After the FaceTime, Jackson and I had a discussion and I decided to take a hands-off approach tell to him, teach him, tell him what you said a to lesson. Her. Huh? Tell him what you said to her. Which part? Grade him. How, how to grade Jackson. Remember what you said? What I said? I forgot. I, Yo, I, she told, I was so fuming that I, I don't was even there. remember. You said, listen, do what you have to do. Grade him accordingly. accordingly. Grade him accordingly. I was like, wow, that's a change. Because old black mothers be like, don't give him a bad grade. Yeah, Let I, me fix this. Or, no. been, or I would have also flown off. With, I would have been kept my composure on the phone with the mm. teacher and then flew off the handle and Jackson would have been like, oh my God, mom. I was very calm with him. I didn't I didn't scream. I didn't yell. Mm-mm. It was, And sometimes I think they receive it with more, not fear, but almost like, oh shoot. Yeah, she's too calm. Because she's too <laughs> calm. <laughs> You know what I mean? I got like books wasn't flying and heads wasn't pop. You know, I was very, very calm yeah. and I explained to the teacher. I said, I've been explaining to Jackson the importance of time management. I'm trying to teach him accountability and him making a, a, a prioritizing his schedule. Mm-hmm. I said, because he does have a heavy schedule and I'm aware of that. I said, but in the process, he understands the importance of your class. I said, because you take the time to reach out and it's taking time out, mm-hmm. out of your schedule to sit down and call and email and text me to keep me abreast of what's happening. I said, however, I want you to understand that's the lesson I'm trying to teach here. Jackson is fully supported by myself and my husband. 
I said, but he's also 11 years old and I'm trying to teach lessons mm-hmm. here. And she completely understood. She, understood she said, Miss yeah, Ellis, I understand. I said, so baby bear, <laughs> grade him accordingly. And mm-hmm. I said, if he gets a poor grade in this class now in the first module and then he knows I have to catch up, at least he knows. At least he knows. At least he knows. Mm-hmm. You know, and I like to shout myself out, but not going crazy on his ass <laughs> because I really in the past would have been like, I know. what the fuck are you doing? We're not going nowhere this weekend. You can stay at home and do everything. But we still got on the flight to New York and he found a way to juggle everything. And he understood the work in the process. So it's a win-win for me. And I want to pat myself on the back for mm-hmm. helping you get to that point. Baby. Because um, there was a lot of times where I was just like, Kadeem, man, you're not, you're not helping him by, one, coddling him, but number two, being the intersection between him and his teacher mm-hmm. and stopping something bad from happening. Yes. And we can both discuss that because yes. both of our young, our sisters, mm-hmm. extremely young, were both skipped because mm-hmm. they were so smart. I think the third child is always the smartest child mm-hmm. because they get to watch two iterations of their parents and their siblings. Mm-hmm. So Tori and Sakari are both extremely smart and yes. both started school early. Yes. So they both graduated high school early. Early. But mm-hmm. they both also dealt with maturity issues because mm-hmm. they were so young going through school that our parents coddled them through the process because they were early. Mm-hmm. So your parents and both and my parents helped them, helped them, helped them. Mm-hmm. Then when they got to college and well, Sakari before college, because Sakari went to boarding school mm-hmm. and then it was time to apply for college. Right. She had no one there to help her with the process. Yeah, she was lost. And because your mom did everything and you helped mm-hmm. to do everything beforehand, she was lost. And she I remember coming to our house, she was like I, I have, have nothing. nothing. <laughs> and Kadeem said, Sorry, sorry, sorry. Right. So, what, do you, what do you mean you have nothing? She right. said, I have nothing. I have no schools to go to. Everyone's <laughs> talking about acceptances and I have nothing. Okay. And Kadeem said, Sorry, sorry, shut up, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Did you apply? Did you apply here? Did you do this? Did you do this? She's like, No, I didn't know. I didn't know. No one helped me. And I was like, See, it's because you were so accustomed to someone always coddling you. Now you have nothing, sis. <laughs> And, and my sister, you have nothing. my sister was the same way. Ugh. My sister was pushed through this whole process. My mom is, my mom is big on education. She went to school to be an early childhood education teacher. Mm-hmm. And she's, she's huge on making sure the academia is number one on our list. Mm-hmm. So she was on our backs. Well, make sure this gets done. Make sure that gets done. She was the mom who took your book report, ripped it to shreds, did the book report, then you submitted it. <laughs> and your teacher would say, tell your mom she did a great job. Like The ubiquitous melancholy. Where's that from? <laughs> no clue. <laughs> the Cosby Show. Oh, Remember when Cliff wrote that's right. yes, um, yes, Rudy's yes. report? <laughs> yes, the ubiquitous melancholy. <laughs> oh, my goodness. But then my sister got to college mm-hmm. and she struggled because yeah. my parents weren't there to help in the process. Mm-hmm. And then... Once she got an academic advisor in college, they helped her through the process. But then when she graduated from college, she felt lost again. 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 Imagine, and I want to take this back to Ja, mm-hmm. right? Imagine being an athlete, right? And you're in middle school and you're nice in middle school. And they're like, oh, we want you to go to this private school. Okay. Well, that, the academics is, is kind of tough, but we'll work. We'll give you a course load that you can manage basketball in this. So, okay. So y'all going to pick up my classes? Cool. I'm not saying this is what happened with Ja, mm-hmm. but I know for a fact when I was at Poly Prep, this is what I watched. Mm. Um, yeah, we're going to help you with this and we're going to help you with that. And the kids still have to do the work, but it's like, you're struggling, we'll get you a tutor. Mm-hmm. You know this? We'll get you with that. So your whole life, you're just like, oh, okay. You graduate from high school, you go to college. We have, it, we have an advisor for you. I know this because I went through this at uh, Hofstra. I went to regular Hofstra University. Mm-hmm. I was in the school of business. I was then in the school of communication. Some of my K 
counterparts was in New College. Mm -hmm. New College is a way for athletes to get easy grades so that they can be eligible to play NCAA sports. Mm. You graduate with a degree in interdisciplinary studies. <laughs> you, you, you know, your interdisciplinary stories, your minor may be art history. Right. You know what I'm saying? And I've watched them, how they coddled the athlete through the whole process. So, oh, you failed a class? Oh, we'll have you make another one up in the summer. We'll talk to this person. So your whole life, people are moving obstacles out of your way to make sure that you can do what you want. While doing all of this, you're behaving like a child because yeah. realistically, you don't have to mature. Right. Now you get drafted to the NBA and mm -hmm. you're the number two overall pick. You get $30 million. Then you sign a shoe deal. You have $100 million. Now you have a total of $130 million. Mm -hmm. You have an iPhone and you have all the friends that you grew up with in that same environment mm -hmm. who were doing childish things. In the neighborhood you grew up in. And what do you, you think is going to happen? the resources to do it on a higher level. <laughs> Say it one more time. And the resources to do it on a higher level. Thank you. That is the environment that mm -hmm. some of these athletes are living in. And mm -hmm. it is not an excuse. I'm not saying that we should just let them off the hook. What I'm saying is give these young people time to mature. Yeah. Since we're watching them in real time, mm -hmm. just give them time to mature. Yes. And if they continue to make the same mistakes, then it's like, hey, dude. You've had enough. Right. It's now it's consequences. We try to tell you, brother. We right. try to tell you. Mm -mm -mm. And shout out to me again. Um, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I say that because I'm thinking what, what made me think about just going back to the story about parents, how different I parent compared to my mom. Mm -hmm. Initially, when I was raising, when we were like, I had Jackson, mm -hmm. I remember a time in second grade where he wasn't bringing home his homework. There was confusion. Remember, he had that one yeah. teacher that was just like, yeah. it was weird because yeah. she used to teach fourth grade. She came to second grade. She wasn't organized. Katal. Katal, yes, yes. Ms. Katal. And Jackson was super confused about what to do. And she mm. was expecting certain things from them that she was used to with her fourth, fourth graders, graders. But she was now teaching second grade. And I'm like, girl, you have to like work through these things with the kids. And Jackson would come home like, Jackson, where's your homework? Where's this? And he's like, I don't know. I don't know. He was confused. Yeah. And I was yelling and screaming at him like, you need to bring home your stuff. Da, da, da. Because yeah. that's what my mom used to do with us. God forbid we forgot a book at home and we had to test the next day. Mm. I mean, literally my mother was like chewing our Live heads it. off. Live Live it. It. Because she's like, how are you going to prepare for schoolwork? How are you going to prepare for this test? And you don't have your stuff. So I did the same thing to Jackson. And I saw like the fear in his eyes, yes, and the disappointment, but also the confusion because yeah. he didn't know. So now I'm like, this is a different approach that I have to take and not just parent the way I saw my parents parent, but parenting in my own style and what I think is going to be um, conducive to the type of child I'm trying to raise and the type of lessons that I'm trying to teach. So I think that's a good point because um, this situation with Ja is also something new to everyone because people are saying like, he should know better on social media. Mm -hmm. Social media is a very new thing still. Yes. It just came out in 2004. Yes. It is 2023, which means it is 19 years old. Mm -hmm. 19. Ja is 23. Oh, yeah. Which means Ja was born right before social media became a serious yeah. thing. Yeah. So everything we're watching now, we're actually learning. This is all like a, 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 a course, I don't want to call it a course, a test run. Test run, yeah. It's a test run that. in life. Mm -hmm. It's like a social so, experiment. It's, yes, it's like a, it's <laughs> like a real life social experiment, yes. how people act when they have social media. Yeah. I want to ask parents this because I also do social, well, I did social media checks when I had my uh, program prototype, mm -hmm. uh, Elite Prototype Athletics in New York. And yes. I used to do social media checks. And the stuff that they see on social media often dictates how they behave. Mm -hmm. On social media. Mm -hmm. Because People, then they're fed more of that particular thing. And 
if they're the algorithm feeds you what mm-hmm. you type in, mm-hmm. they create the world. So you that think you everybody in. is seeing the same thing you're seeing. Mm-hmm. So say, for example, going to the strip club and throwing up gang signs and flashing guns mm-hmm. is all you see because that's all you type up. Because from a young man, that's all you were interested in because of social media, yeah. rap music, other things. Now that you have your own social media and you have access to do stuff, you know what you're going to do? Emulate mm-hmm. the behavior that, that you think it. everybody else is emulating. That's it. You know what I'm saying? That's also the dangers of social media, which is why our children don't have social media. That's why Jackson, who's turning 12 now, mm-hmm. I finally allowed him to get an Instagram, mm-hmm. but he's not allowed to have his own Instagram. Mm-hmm. And his Instagram is linked to my phone. Mm-hmm. So at any moment, mm-hmm. I can go on my phone, mm-hmm. go to his profile. He doesn't have his name on it. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have... Any mm-hmm. pictures, he's not allowed to share anything, mm-hmm. but he's allowed to look up basketball highlights and all this other stuff. Mm-hmm. So I go to his profile to see right. the search history because that's what happens. And then I look and I was making sure like, okay, mm-hmm. he's not watching too much of this. He's not watching too much of this. He's also mm-hmm. looking up this. I also send him motivational stuff. Mm-hmm. I send him positivity Same. stuff. Yeah. I send him intellectual stuff yes. so that it becomes part of his search history. So there's a little, here's a, here's a little trick. Yeah, there's a little cool. trick I'm going to tell parents. Yeah. I go into his Instagram mm-hmm. and I look up certain things. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I like for example, the last few weeks I've looked up Confucius quotes, mm-hmm. motivational quotes. Mm-hmm. So now when he look, when he opens up his, uh, not his search, his uh, homepage. His homepage, yeah. When he comes on his homepage, he's like, what is this? He doesn't know why it's there. Yeah. So what I'm starting to do is I'm trying to you remember the movie Inception? So you're like, you're, when you can plant an idea in someone's head, yeah, and they, you're curating like, his. I'm curating his social his social media world by putting stuff on his page that he didn't even know he was looking for, and then he'll come to me later, like, "Dad, Dad, did you know that?" And I'm like, "Oh, well, well, tell me, <laughs> tell me about it." Right. And then I'm engaged in his social media world so that we can create it together. And this mm-hmm. this is why I wanted to talk about the John Morant thing. As a dad, people are saying, "What is his father doing?" John Morant's father don't know how to deal with social media, but also too. What I was going to say when you mentioned the whole Jackson thing, we talk about athletes and entertainers being positive role models for the youth, Mm -hmm. right? Because what they see is what they're going to want to emulate. But also, too, then there's the where are the parents who are now filtering and buffering what they do see from these entertainers and then making sure that their children know better, yeah, for lack of a better word, right? That's interesting that now we can curate almost this yes. world yes. and curate their social media world by having access to yes. their social media if your child does have it. Yes. You know, because you know me, I was a hard no on any social media yes, when it are. comes to the kids and you everything are. like that. But Jackson's but I, also, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead, no, go ahead. I also understand that Jackson is someone who likes to research and he likes to, you know, right. investigate things if he's interested in it. So I can see how giving him a little bit of that leeway will make him feel like he's, all right, part of it. But he's also not understanding that dad is curating a world for him right. with his phone. But here's the crazy thing, though. Being a hard no mm-hmm. for a young person only means that he's going to be a hard no in front of you. Mm-hmm. If you gave your son a phone or yeah. if his friends have access to a phone, I know this because yeah. I was a mentor for hundreds of young boys. There were kids mm-hmm. who parents came to me and was just like, I got this note from the school that so-and-so, I don't want to say names, mm-hmm. of course, so-and-so was involved in some bullying online with da-da-da-da. And it was like, this has to be fake because my son doesn't even have a phone. And I was uh-huh. like, eh. Yep. And like, what you mean? I said, a lot of these kids create profiles yeah. on their friends' phones. Mm-hmm. 
And they found a way, baby. One they of, savvy. One of the kids who got in trouble, it actually was not him. But he let his friend use his phone and his friend logged into his profile. No, not his friend had his own profile oh. on the kid's phone and was bullying other kids. Wow. But you know, because of this, it was all like, oh, well, it's his phone, it's him, it's him, it's him. It came from him. And the kid was like, I had no idea that mm-hmm. my friend was doing this. Mm-hmm. But that also shows you. And then you speak to that kid's parents and my, my they all tell you, mm-hmm. my son's not allowed to have social media. Mm-hmm. So that hard no only means it's going to be a hard no in front, in of, front of you. you. Yeah. The best thing to do is to try to curate the experience for your children, especially in the middle school age. Because mm-hmm. if you think that your children are beyond thinking or talking about sex, thinking or talking about drugs and alcohol, thinking or above, thinking, talking about uh, violence and bullying, you're wrong. Right. You're wrong. Right. If you if you think that you can ignore it because your child would never do that, you're wrong. You have to curate the experience so that they understand the consequences with mm-hmm. all three. Mm-hmm. And make sure that you're involved so that they feel adult enough to be like, oh, I'm making a decision with my parents. With my parents. Not right. being told. Right. Because when you tell kids not to do this and you say this, this right here, what's happening to Ja, is ultimately what happens. They get money. They're on their own. There's no one to tell them what not to do because all of the hanger-ons and, and friends are saying, mm-hmm. yo, do what you want to do. Right. Because now you're worth millions and they want to be a part of the lifestyle. They're going to let you do it until you self-destruct. It should be lonely, baby. Yeah. It should be lonely. All right, let's transition into a quick break and then we'll come back for some listener letters. Sound good? Bow. Bow, baby. Bow. Stick around, y'all. There's power in every purchase because every time we buy a Black-led brand, we make room for another Black-led brand. And y'all know I love my lip bar products. That's just one. To name a few. There is a whole collection of black lead products that fit into your daily routine. Show black founders some love, not just during Black History Month, but all year long. That's right, y'all. Black founders and the products they bring to the table are creating a whole new world of choices at Walmart. That's right. Go to walmart.com slash black and unlimited to discover all the amazing black owned products you can add to your daily routine. You may be aware that most people who are black have O blood type. O is commonly needed for emergencies and life-saving measures. But did you know one in three of us is a match for patients with sickle cell disease? You, along with the American Red Cross, regardless of your blood type, can help by donating blood. Every day, our blood saves lives and eases the pain for those living with sickle cell. When you donate blood, there is a direct positive impact within our community. Right now, there is great need for blood donations in the African-American community. Every donation counts and makes a difference in someone's life. Donate blood at Red Cross to help save a life. Black excellence is in our blood. Visit redcrossblood.org slash ourblood to make an appointment now. During the break, let's quickly talk about a couple things that are important to most people I know. Comfort and style. Crocs, classic clogs, and sandals have both covered. When I'm talking about style, I mean personal style. There are just so many colors and so many gibbish charms that you can add to the Crocs to make them unique. You can dress up your Crocs to match your mood, to match your personality, to fit the occasion, and you can change them up day to day. I mean, ultimately, you can stand out from the crowd in a way that only you can because it's your personal style. And now, let's talk about comfort. You know, it doesn't get better than Crocs, clogs, and sandals when it comes to being comfortable. Style and comfort are usually a trade-off, but here... They're a package deal. It's like you have cushions on your feet. Soft, stylish, personalized, colorful cushion. That's right. So why wait? 
Head over to Crocs.com today and experience the comfort and style of Crocs classic clogs and sandals for yourself. Your feet will thank you. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. All right, we back. We back, and let's dive in. All Number right. one. First of all, I'm a fan of your podcast as well as your book, which I have already read. Great book. Awesome. Thank you. I also attended your live podcast in Chicago recently. Great show. Yeah, yeah Chicago was live, y'all. Live. That All our Patreon people will be able to see the live show. So make sure y'all yes. signed up. It was, I think that was probably my most favorite Chicago, city this round of tours. Chicago was live. Hands down. Chicago was, Chicago was it. All right, y'all. I just wanted to give you both your flowers. I appreciate that. I love the message that you both sent out to your fans with me being one of them. With that being said, I wouldn't ask anyone else this question. I recently ended a three-year relationship, but thinking about a friend with benefits with the same ex. There's no punctuation in here, so I'm trying to make sure. Yeah, they, they, this person wrote a whole, a paragraph, whole paragraph with no period. And there's only one period at the end. At the very end of it. So I'm trying to think where the thought stops. But thinking about a friends with benefits relationship, I guess, with the same ex. Is it ever a good idea to do friends with benefits with an ex? I'm just curious about both of your opinions. So if you ended the three-year relationship, I guess I'm wondering why. Maybe you guys realized that the relationship situation wasn't working out, but the sex is bomb. So you're just like, you know what? I'll keep you around for some some good sex on the side. This is what I think. But um, is there an agreement that y'all have? This is what I think. I'm not mad at this, and I'm going to tell you why. Okay. Anyone who chooses to practice safe sex with someone that they trust, mm -hmm. with someone that they trust, I yes. applaud it. Yes. You yeah, know, true. because so you know? if say say you you have I don't want to that's a bad term I was gonna say say you have an itch you want to scratch that's a bad term <laughs> we're talking about safe sex <laughs> but say you're trying to <laughs> to engage in sexual activity mm -hmm. why not engage with someone that you you know true. already and if if they have great sex you don't want to be out here just trying to jump and soul tie with another person right. and soul tie with another person listen we know we're not gonna be together forever we're not working on this mm -hmm. long term so let's mm -hmm. just have fun the only thing that can be an issue with that is that you you can't open yourself up to finding true love if you're continuing to be in this relationship with mm -hmm. someone mm -hmm. you understand what I'm saying like right. uh, I think Steve Harvey made this analogy about how he wanted a new car wanted a new car wanted a new car so he kept his old car in the driveway mm -hmm. and he kept saying dang I keep working but I can't get a new car and his dad told him you won't be able to get a new car till you create space for the new car yeah so he got rid of the old one. Mm -hmm. And when he realized when he got rid of the old one, metaphorically, not only did he get rid of it, he got rid of the mindset that he had a car. So he worked harder mm -hmm. to get the new one and ended up getting the new one faster mm -hmm. because he got rid of it. I feel like that's kind of the same thing here. Mm -hmm. You know, you're less likely to go out and find your soul mate or the person that you want to be with for eternity if you're continually continuing to canoodle and be comfortable uh -huh. with someone else. Right, you know? right, right, right. That's a, I, this is actually so. different. I didn't think of it that way. Like that mm. could impede the process of yeah. you finding somebody new. But if I that's what she's looking for, right? Exactly. But I understand guaranteed safe good sex is probably yes. hard to find. So you know, like as I said, I keep this one around. You know, that's what you keep me that's, around. That's for? why I keep them around. Good sex in the you American know? Express. Oh, good sex in the American Express. 
You just gave that's, me an idea. That should be on the shirt. I'm Why'd I get married? Good I'm, sex in the American Express. That's going to be my next shirt. I'm, I'm about to copyright that so nobody steal that, all right? Thank you. <laughs> Somebody already stole it. I'm about to put it on the, <laughs> put it on the Dead Ass uh, Podcast page for merch. Um, but yeah, good luck to you, sis. Hopefully it works out um, in both of y'all's favor. And hopefully, um, you know, he'll be signed up to. Actually, I don't know if it's he or she because it didn't specify it didn't here. didn't specify. But yeah. But um, do your thing. Number two. Hey, Kadena DeVal. So I've been dating my boyfriend for about five months now. I love him so much. I see he loves me a lot too. That's good for both of you. I mm-hmm. like that for you guys. Uh, but before meeting me, I think he had this picture of the kind of woman he wanted to be with. We're both Christians, but he's more vocal about it and has his beliefs and all. I love to have, oh, I love to have a glass of wine to unwind or hang out with friends and have a cocktail, but he doesn't like me drinking alcohol, but I see nothing wrong with it. So I've been trying to stop that and it looks like i'm trying to settle Ooh, mm. i know where this is going i also love to go to parties like if it's for friends and all i'm not a party freak but i love to go with him and he doesn't like to go to places like that he also is christian pentecostal while i'm catholic he doesn't believe in the catholic faith and tries to make me go into his faith mm. being catholic all my life i honestly don't mind switching when we get married because i should be able to trust his leadership to lead but it feels off and I just feel like I'm settling into this life. I'm settling into his life. Mm. What do y'all think? I'm a huge fan and I love y'all. We love you too. Thank you. Kay, baby, what do you, you think? if you're a huge fan, baby, you know we don't settle over here. <laughs> That's one thing that we do not do. Now, granted... People's relationship with the Lord, I don't speak much on because I believe that's a very personal thing, but I don't believe in settling when it comes to a relationship. I don't feel like you should have to give up things that matter to you greatly Mm -hmm. because someone else is requiring that from you. Um, I'm just not an advocate for that at all. Period. I would have to agree. Um, When you date, you date to find out if there are synergies. Mm Mm-hmm. When you don't feel, when something feels off, mm-hmm. something doesn't feel good, you can either make a choice to work on it because you want to, mm-hmm. but to work on it because he wants you to, it's never that's a good different. sign. Exactly. That's, that's extremely different. Like Kadena and I talk about in our book, We Over Me, The Counter to of Approach, Getting Everything You Want Out of Your Relationship, New York Times bestseller. <laughs> we talk about <laughs> being of service. Don't glaze over that. Don't glaze over that. <laughs> we talk about being of service. Yeah. But not at the detriment of losing yourself. Mm-hmm. That's very, very important. She said, I feel like I'm settling into his, his life. life. I feel like I'm settling into the life I want. Uh, talk and about I'm it sharing it with, with this woman. And you're with someone who gives you the latitude to be able to stretch and to grow into that life that you want without judgment. Mm-hmm. And the worst thing that you could feel is judgment from anybody, much less your spouse. So I have a question to ask you. As a woman... Mm-hmm. Do you feel like you've settled into my life or do you feel like you're living the life you want? Absolutely not. I don't feel like I've settled into your life. I've settled into the life that I've wanted for myself, that I have envisioned for myself. Mm -hmm. And I've just been fortunate and lucky enough to do it and blessed enough to do it with someone who I feel like is equally yoked. And the reason why I ask you is because I know oftentimes women say they feel like they have to transform into what their husbands want. Yes. And they or have lose to themselves. settle into yeah, a settle. particular lifestyle. And I mean, I feel like there's moments where I felt like I've lost a bit of Kadeen, but not to anyone's fault. It's just the transitions mm. of life, right? Mm. Going from being a single woman to then now a dating woman to then now a person in a committed relationship, then to a wife and then to a mom. Yeah. Naturally, there's going to be ebbs and flows in life that you have to adjust. But I don't feel like I've, you know, 
um, had to succumb to whatever life it is that you held, you had for us as the leader of the family. Cause she also mentioned like, she's okay with yeah. trusting his leadership, um, which I think I do with you as well too. But then also I'm never stifled in this relationship by you either, or that is true. I'm never led to be felt or, or led, led to believe that I don't mm. matter. Or my opinion doesn't matter. It's very much a teammate situation here. Um, so yeah, to answer your question, I don't feel like that. I feel like I'm living truthfully in real time, in real life with where I'm supposed to be. So. And, I'm, and I'm glad you brought that up because even she says like, he doesn't like me to do this. He doesn't like me to do that. He doesn't. So, so then did, does he even like you? <laughs> like, you know what I'm yeah, saying? What do you like about each other? Yeah, like, like, like I, I couldn't, I couldn't imagine being and with you. And it's only you. five months in too, girl. Right. I'm, it's giving that you don't know a lot about what's about to unfold here either. I wonder, I wonder how old they are. Cause she sounds young. Mm -hmm. She sounds very, very young, but I can't imagine like being with a girl and just being like, oh, I don't like that you do this. Change this. I don't like that you do that. You know what? If I got to keep telling you to change stuff or then I should get a new girl. Mm -hmm. I should find a, a girl that is in alignment with the same things that I'm, my mindset is in alignment with. You mm -hmm. understand what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. As opposed to saying, well, you need to change in order to be with me. And not that he's saying that, but if right. she's feeling it's that. She's feeling that. Then, because she said before meeting him, I think he had this picture of the kind of woman he wanted right. to be with. Baby, if you ain't in the picture... <laughs> if you're not in the art gallery <laughs> at like, all, in you're in gallery. the wrong place. You know what I'm saying? I feel you. I feel you. You're in the wrong places. So I would hate for you to settle. I don't think anybody should ever settle into anything. No. Nah, whether agree. it's love, relationship, career, none of that. So um, hopefully that's helpful to you. Good luck to you on your road to love. All right, y'all. If y'all want to be featured as a listener letter, keep writing into us. Email us at deadassadvice at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. That's D-E-A-D-A-S-S-A-D-V-I-C-E at gmail.com. <sighs> I'm still so cozy here, guys. You know, if you're watching on Patreon, you can see that I am very much at home. You know, <laughs> still got the stale weaving that y'all saw me in last time. It's okay. No, <laughs> just kidding. We watched her. Um, but yeah, baby, <laughs> uh, let's get a moment of truth for you. We're talking today maturity. We're talking money. We're talking man the athlete the person but furthermore um just what we can do as a society to i guess um help these people these men these women these people in mm -hmm. a certain particular status oh no no it's not particular influence mm -hmm. through you know rough times it's not just a certain particular person it's everybody mm -hmm. this is my moment of truth just because you watch a person reach a certain economic status, mm -hmm. don't expect them to be mature, mm. especially if they're still young. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Someone can be gifted enough to earn income well, but that doesn't mean that they're mature enough to understand society. Mm -hmm. And I think that this happens with professional athletes and entertainers because they become idols, quote unquote, to people, which I think is also a bad thing. You should never idolize anyone. Anyone, yes. But since... When you make someone an idol and they fall short of what you idolize, you can't blame them. Allow these young men and young women, especially between the ages of, of 19 to 25, a lot of these entertainers and athletes become famous and mm -hmm. rich very young. Mm -hmm. Allow them to go through the process of becoming an adult and make mistakes. Mm -hmm. You know, don't let's not condemn them and hold them to that one or two experience for the rest of their life. Mm -hmm. We see that all the time in the world. Mm -hmm. Someone that you idolize make a mistake and now they're 40 years old and you're still holding to the mistake they made at 23. We got to learn how to let that go. That was like literally going to be my moment. That's yours? Yeah, oh, okay, it was well. like allow people in general, but particularly people who are of some sort of influence or some sort of fame, allow them 
to make mistakes and mm-hmm. to grow from them. We yeah. would hope that nobody, that's anybody stays the same, whether they're 20, yeah. then they go to 25, to 30, to 35. We would hope that people are able to learn from their mistakes, be able to grow from that, and just have a little bit of empathy because realize too, you're also making mistakes as well and you just don't have the spotlight on you. So it's easy for you to duck off into the, you know, the corner yeah. Because you don't have a spotlight on you, but it's that much harder, particularly for our young men and women who are given these um, large sums of money or given this spotlight and don't really necessarily know how to navigate it. So let's just try to be a little bit kinder to people in general. Um, I know we say that a lot when it comes to just social media and a lot of the topics that we've discussed, but um, piling on to a situation that's already facts, you know, facts, negative or 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 not you know, viewed in high regard is not doing anything good. Um, And then find lessons that you can also, as a parent, teach your children from things like this. Um, So hopefully this episode was helpful to y'all for that reason with the lesson. Oh, go for it. I have one more thing too. Um, Can we stop equating blackness with struggle, Mm. poverty, and violence? Mm -hmm. Like, I, I think that we have to stop saying that once someone behaves in a certain way, that shows violence or poverty or mm-hmm. or some sort of undisciplined thing is, oh, they're trying to be too black. Mm-hmm. Blackness is not one thing, mm. right? You Agreed. can be excellent and be black. Yes. You know what I'm saying? You can be smart and be black. You can be articulate yes. and be black. You can be wealthy and be black. Mm-hmm. Blackness is not, just not one thing. Right. And the reason why that bothered me and I wanted to say this is because John Morant is acting, he's a young man who who's acting like, what so many other people act like, the rappers, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Especially drill rap is huge right now, mm-hmm. right? But white people do the same thing. Mm-hmm. Asian people do the same thing. Indian Y'all people. Hip hop is a global phenomenon now. Mm-hmm. So when you see people acting in a certain way, don't just say, oh, they're trying to act or be black, mm-hmm. right? Because that's not the only way to be black. And I, I want to make sure that we're clear on that. And then also that John Moran is not going to be the only wealthy young man to make mistakes that part you know so prayers and positive healing energy goes out to him and his family Mm -hmm. i can guarantee you he gonna thrive through this and be better this is not the first athlete to go through stuff i remember when alan iverson was going through all of this i remember when um chris carter was going through all this and this that was in the 80s Mm. chris carter was going through all of this stuff with the drugs and Mm -hmm. the fights and he got kicked off the eagles and that was the best thing when he got cut by the eagles and went to the Vikings, that's when he became a Hall of Famer because wow. the consequences right. showed him that he had to change his behavior. Yeah, that's so, what I'm um, I even think about the kids, uh, the, the kids just now in uh, University of Georgia after they won the, the yes, championship. championship. That's yeah. college level. You know yeah. what I'm saying? That those actions may impede them from making it yeah. to the big leagues. And it's just like, you know, let's just try to rally around these kids Yes, um, and teach these lessons before it's too late. Yeah. All right, y'all. As usual, uh, you can find us on Patreon. Shout out to everyone who has signed up to see exclusive Deadass Podcast video content. Also, some exclusive from DeVal's Man Cave and some family <laughs> content as well, too. Yo, the Patreon Patreon circuit is popping, y'all. It just is in right case now. You the didn't Patreon know. is lit. We, got, we read the comments. We, yeah. We see what y'all we saying. Got stuff so coming. We, we got, got stuff, stuff coming. We working. For y'all. Be, be patient. Um, I'm going to be honest, too. Y'all are so used to getting stuff quickly. On, because of the podcast But Patreon mm-hmm. is different The videos have to be edited Sound has to be mm-hmm. corrected we Color to has to be spicy, corrected Yeah, we want it to be perfect be So 
It comes out a little bit slower, but rock with us. We got it coming. For sure, for sure. Shout out to Josh and Matt. Yes, yes, yes. Gang, gang. They got us holding us down, okay? Yes. Um, Find us on social media, y'all. In the meantime, you'll get some more content there. Instagram, Podcast is our page. And you can find me at KadeenIM on Instagram and TikTok. That's right. And I am Deval. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, be sure to rate, review, and subscribe. All right, y'all. Deadass. Deadass is a production of iHeartMedia Podcast Network and is produced by Denora Pena and Tribble. Follow the podcast on social media at Deadass the Podcast and never miss a thing. You know that I feel like it's important to express yourself. You got to put your true self out there. And those classic Crocs, clogs, and sandals let you do that. That's right. Between the rainbow of colors and the gibbets charms, you can create a unique look. And I mean, literally, no one else will have shoes exactly like yours. Hey, you know it doesn't get any more comfortable than the Croc clogs and sandals. They are just the perfect blend of comfort and creativity. Visit Crocs.com to explore the latest styles and gibbets charms. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth. No matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you. And how you manage them can make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com.